is Tap In Time, a Chapman Stick podcast. Whether you've played the instrument for years or are just curious, if it's stick talk you're looking for, this is the place. So come along and stay a while. Hello and welcome to the Tap In Time podcast, episode number three. I hope everyone's doing well out there. So this time we thought we would start the episode out with a little bit of a retrospective. You see, the three of us are all pretty new to this podcasting thing, and we've been learning as we go. So we thought we'd just go ahead and talk about that for a a few minutes to get things started before we get to some other stuff that we plan to hit. We've left ourselves a lot of room for improvement, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) There's no way to go but up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like uh, for instance the audio quality we're we're getting a little bit better at that as we figure things out. So uh, we mentioned in our first episode that we're anything but next door neighbors here. Uh, Gene and I are a thousand miles apart. I think Rodrigo, you're about 5,000 miles from the two of us and so we have to do this over the internet. We've been using Squadcast, which behaves really well using Chrome. Um, we've experienced that over Firefox, we had some issues. I know that with the KMix that I'm using for my mic, uh, Rodrigo, for some reason, wasn't able to hear it. When I used Chrome, we didn't have that issue. And then also we've experienced a lot less lag time in the recording time that we've been using it. So with regards to Squadcast, it's using Chrome. You know, kind of a little update that I made on my own this week was, you know, pushing through with the KMix, knowing what we knew about Chrome and trying out my, yeah, I think it's AKG, P120. So hopefully the the sound is better than the mic that was just uh, built into the Mac. Um, what about you, Ron? Is there anything that you uh, picked up in this last session, or, or things that looking back on this last session that uh, has room for improvement? I'm still figuring things out between the internet connection and the the Behringer uh, mixer I'm using with going to the iPad and then from that to the to the Mac. So it's a bunch of things. It's getting faster. So. Uh, <laughs> Today only took me about 20 minutes to set everything up, so it's getting there. <laughs> yeah, you know, at some point what I'll do is, is I'll, take a, I'll take a picture of the rig, so maybe uh, I'll send that to you guys. And, and if anyone wants to know like what we're, what we're using, I suppose we can send that along as well. Um, so, Vic, are we, gonna, what are, we, are we talking about seminars today? Uh, yeah, we're going to get there, and uh, we're, you know, so we're going to be telling more stories, too. So... Uh, I guess the other other lessons learned, um, mm. people seem to kind of like what we're doing. At least, you know, the four people that we can confirm have actually listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you now outnumber the people on the podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so on that note, um, so we we did put it up primarily on Facebook and the Stickest. I'm not sure if we put it up on the AFSTG, although I'd like to do that. We put it up on a couple of different Facebook pages, but the Chapman Stick, the public Chapman Stick group is the one where we got the most hits. So tip of hat to Thomas and Ruli, uh, Jeff Berengard, Matteo Lacroix, Michelle Vatuli, who all kind of tuned in. We had an issue with getting it to work in Italy, but um, Victor sorted that out in working with Podbean directly and saying that it's only available in the Google Play Store for Android devices and the App Store for iOS devices. Uh, our old friend Jeremy Kubert, Michael Johnstone, inventor of the Lapdog, Ivan Yasonic, Rob RW, and um, there are a few others, and maybe I'll, I'll come back to them, but I suppose uh, just kind of a, a tip of hat to everyone that did tune in on the Facebook page to, to check out the podcast. Something else I wanted to just quickly mention, though, uh, and in case people are wondering, you know, there is no Facebook page for this podcast beyond the Podbean website where you can listen to the episode. There is no real web presence except for that. And there probably isn't going to be anytime soon, if ever, just because of the time investment that that requires. So uh, if people are wondering, well, where's your Facebook page? Where's your website? Where's your blog? Well, uh, there isn't one. So I thought I'd say that. Now, something else that I'd like to just put a plug in for is that we do have an email address. And Usually, we're not going to mention that email address during the episode because it, you know, we do say at the end and the outro what it is, but it is tapintimepodcast at gmail.com. And that's one word, no underscores, no spaces, 
tapintimepodcast at gmail.com. And we'd like to hear from people. So, I mean, yeah, this is our podcast. We're putting a lot of work and time and energy into it, but we want it to be a community thing also. And so we'd like it to be your podcast as well. So let us know what you think. And um, yeah, and we, we can take it. Like, let us know it sucks or you're not interested in. <laughs> That's okay too. And, you know, also, if you'd like to, you know, make your own personal plugs every once in a while, you know, we don't have a great deal of time, but we would kind of like to be able to, you know, feature things. If people have a piece of music they're putting out there, you know, maybe you send it to us and we use a 20 or 30 second clip as a transition, or maybe you're putting out a new album and there's a track you wouldn't mind if we played a piece of, you know, again, we're about the community here and hey, send us stuff. Yeah. We, we, we had good experience that with the Freehands uh, Friday and the Freehands Academy. Um, stickists do love to shamelessly promote themselves. And so um, <laughs> why fight it? Let's, we encourage it. You know, if you've got stuff you want to show off, share, or otherwise just make people aware of, um, we'd like to hear it. Let's talk about Chapman Stick Seminars. So maybe you have or maybe you have not been to one, but this session will be a lot about attending one, like what expectations were, what you came away with. And one of the things that I always found was so interesting was what was an issue that you didn't foresee when you went there? So when you're like two or three days into the event and you're like, God, if only I had, or if only I had known. Ooh, do so, I have a story for you? Do you? Oh, okay. There's never enough beer, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got, a, I've got a great story to tell about the, free, the, the, the second Freehands Academy, which is just out of control debauchery. Um, but uh, let, let, me, let, me, let me, Vic, let me refer to you and make sure if there's any sort of administrative aspects to the topic itself that you wanted to kind of start with. You know, whatever plans I may have had just went out the window when Rodrigo said, have I got a story <laughs> for you? So you know it's what? working. Rodrigo, start talking, buddy. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So I have a bunch of stories from my first seminar. So um, I got my first stick in 2015 in... Uh, May, I think, June, something like that. And in September, I went to, to Mallorca for the stick camp in Mallorca in 2015. So uh, at that time, since I got my sticks and to the time I got there, I was like practicing all day long, everything, every waking hour, I was spending time with the sticks. So um, finally, I, I get know there. nothing about that. This is, yeah, th I love this story because everyone's like, I haven't been practicing. I'm going to the seminar. It's like, you don't exactly. have to practice. You just have to show up with beer, you know? Like, well, you know. <laughs> uh, so I get there. First, there's this, this thing where when you get to an airport and you see a bunch of people with chap and sticks on the, on the coffee shop on the, on the outside of the airport in the door. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, I've, this is home. So it's really cool that. Getting into a foreign did, country. Did you feel you know? like you were in a club? Like you had like presented yeah, your card? Completely. Like I'm VIP. I'm, I'm backstage. It's yeah, okay. I, I'm. I'm with this crowd, you know. Yeah. So uh, uh, and I got there and I was. Everybody was super nice and we got to talk. So we, it's like you, you immediately connect with those people because you have uh, you have something in common. You're there to do something together. So anyway, so uh, uh, the the seminar starts. Is there's some some quirks. We have to, to figure out a couple of things. Eventually, in the middle of the first day, there's this guy that I've seen playing, a uh, French guy whose name is Johan Landreau. And he's, a, he's an amazing player. That guy. And an amazing guy. Yeah, he's that guy. So he, he comes up to me. He says, you want to have a class, like in the middle of the afternoon? And people were hanging out by the swimming pool. And I was, said, sure, I want to. <laughs> of course. So uh, I go grab my stick and I, I meet him. Uh, just outside the swimming pool, he started playing something and he says, well, make a C major. And I do the C major and he says, that's not a C major. Of course it is a C major. That's not, you know, C major is the... So we started having this stupid argument about what is C major. And, suddenly, <laughs> and he says, well, where, where is your C? And I said, and I tell him, it's here. And he says, that's not C. And then suddenly everything hit me, you know, because I was, my stick was tuned a half step too high. So I was like oh. having a, instead of match reciprocal or raised match reciprocal, I just tuned it wrong. And I was having something like half raised match reciprocal. So <laughs> I, 
So I was working. I had been working for for three months on a song, playing this Bach prelude thing, working really, really hard on it just to figure out everything is wrong. Everything from the top. From the top. It was the most terrible, and at the same time, so this is happening, and I'm having like this moment of feeling completely stupid, and have I completely wasted three months of my life with this? And I'm shocked, and uh, there's this this guy that comes along, a Portuguese musician that was there, Ricardo, and he was Ricardo Mendes. Yeah, so he oh, was there. He's such a cool guy. What yeah, a cool yeah. guy. Yeah. And he starts talking to me. You know, I'm I have this shocked face, and he starts talking to me very nice. And he says, well, you know, Greg Howard has this thing about three fingers, four fingers technique. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, when you have that look in your face, you want to kill somebody. And then somebody comes along and, t- and says something completely unrelated. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about Greg Howard right now. <laughs> my life is turned, has turned upside down. So that was my aha terrible moment in, the, mm. in my first six time. You're doing it wrong. Like, oh, yeah. is everyone doing it the other it's way? It's like three months of your life just gone <laughs> drain. So that was Welcome to the Chapman stick, right? Yeah. It was like a great welcome to the Chapman stick. It's like, if you think it's going to be any different, like six weeks from now or six years from now, you're wrong. Like, it's all <laughs> about starting and restarting. Like, so that's it. That, that's yeah. one, one of the stories that, that happened there. I, I have a bunch of first. I think I don't know about you guys, but the first time you go to a seminar or to a meeting of Chapman Stick players meeting, and you're you're green and you don't know that much about the instrument, about the the community, whatever. It's the the time you remember most stories because that's when you're completely out of your own. I don't know how you say it. Your element, you're out of your element. You're like a fish out of water. You know, um, I'll jump in and share. You know, maybe what's a good idea is is relating an experience from your first event. Well, I'll I'll relate one from the Freehands Academy, which wasn't my first event, but an experience that I had where I witnessed the power of the Chapmanstick community and the power of this instrument to just help people to kind of relate. So it was the the, the Freehands Academy 2013 event, and Brett Bottomley had just arrived, and Brett had agreed to basically rent a van and pick up four other stick players. So not only was he arriving, but he picked up this guy, uh, Evan, Evan Cloutier. We haven't seen much of him, but he had a red rail board. Um, I think he also picked up Claire. He may have picked up, um, I don't know if he picked up Dean Kobayashi, but I know that um, maybe JRJ drove. But at some point, I think it was about six of us. There was about six of us in this room, this upstairs room at the the American Jewish University, which was the event where we were hosting the event. And I remember um, we were all kind of excited about the railboard. So this would have been like 20, geez, 20, oh my God, 2013. That's seven years ago. So we all were, you know, kind of playing and trading around and you know Brett Bottomley of course shames everyone you know nobody wants to play after Brett plays (laughs) (laughs) thanks Brett jeez like he's like that guy yeah such a big that guy to Brett Bottomley so um we all you know kind of you know just we're taking turns but I I think we were all just kind of introducing ourselves and so we were just kind of you know getting to know each other and at that point I realized Dean Kobayashi was a skydiver on the stickest and I was like oh you're the NS guy and I was like yeah cool I love your you know I love your posts and I love your ideas and it was so cool to like meet the in-person virtual personality I'm getting to the, the point of the story or the, the the best part of the story which was um, this cat JRJ who's someone that I really admire not a flashy player but you know someone that I've learned a lot from in terms of the instrument because of just his openness and his ability to just kind of take everything in and then, you know, kind of express himself using the instrument. He plays a number of different instruments and he's got something like eight or nine Chapman sticks. At one point I had two of his Chapman sticks and kind of the joke was, I can't have a Chapman stick until JRJ has it first. And so, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I now have a stick that didn't belong to JRJ first, but um, we wanted to hear the, the railboard and it was red. It didn't matter if it's red or blue, but we were like, we want to hear the red one. And Evan was really shy about playing. And so I always remember, and I think I've said this a couple of times on the stick, I always remember what JRJ said. And he looked at Evan just like, almost like, oh, oh, we don't judge here at all. No, we're just here to, you know, to play music and have fun and explore this instrument. And he, even though he was speaking, he himself was speaking for all of us, we all were like, yeah. Yeah, he's right. 
he's right. We're really all just here to kind of learn about this instrument. And even though Brett made us all want to go home, you know, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna push it. We're gonna push ahead and make Evan play. And so Evan got up there and kind of struggled through some stuff. And we're all very encouraging. And I realized at that moment, I was like, that just set the precedent for the rest of the event. And the rest of the event, even though it was challenging, when you put on an event, it's really hard to do. But it made it so much easier because I was surprised to see at every turn just how willing Chapman Stick players are willing to help when you're putting things on. And one of the people, like really, in looking back, at least on the first event, I could not have done it without, um, was Brett. Because we'd be setting up for, you know, like a, a event. And he's like, Gene, there's no extension cords. I'm like, what do you mean there's no extension cords? He's like, there's no extension cords. You're going to need extension cords, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right, Brett. And so he's like, he goes and procures an extension cord. You know, Gene, like, it seems like he was like two steps ahead of me. And I was always like, God, what would I, what, what would I have done without Brett? And so it, it, was, it was just so nice to have all these other people that felt the same way that you did about not only the instrument or the music that you're playing, but the event itself. And so that was so great. Cause even if like something failed terribly or something like I can see, like if there was a fire, Chapman stick players would be handing each other buckets of water. You know, I just feel like they'd find a way to, to, to make everything. Okay. So that was one of my favorite first experiences from the, from the Freehands Academy in, in 2013. Your turn, Vic, what do you got? Well, uh, I don't know if this was my first or my second seminar up in Vancouver, but uh, we'll just pretend it was my first. <laughs> Jim Meyer often rents a house for the weekend, and we all, you know, some of us stay in the house and some of us stay at hotels, and but we all meet in the house. And so we're sitting in this living room, and it's the very beginning of the seminar. And so we had some new players there, and uh, Don Schiff was there. And so Don Schiff was just sitting on the couch playing along with Jim while Jim led us through this uh, this beginner level lesson for the newer players that were there. And it took about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes to go through. Jim walked everyone through it. It was just a simple thing where you're going um, very similar to the item that Bob Culbertson has on one of his videos. Well, anyway, Jim finishes up with this after 20 or 25 minutes. Jim says, okay, well, that's all I've got for this little exercise. Um, does anybody have anything they want to talk about with regards to this exercise? And Don, Don Schiff, Mr. Groovemeister, says, well, as a matter of fact, Jim, I would like to talk about this exercise some more. I do have something <laughs> I want to bring up. Yeah. And so yeah. then, well, he's Don Schiff, right? He's the he, he's the funk master, you know, and so he takes this exercise and he just takes it to the next level. And we're mm. I can't remember all the details of what we did, but basically by the time it was done, it was not this little beginner chord progression exercise. <laughs> it was a Don shift tune and we're all playing it. And that was kind of that was real neat that that moment where Don said, well, you know, Yes, Jim, there is something I'd like to say. And <laughs> and that was kind of the beginning of my yeah. understanding of, you know, some of the ways that you can make the two sides of the instrument play together because Don approaches it as he kind of approaches it at times as a bass guitar that happens to have a melody side to help him on the bass. Mm -hmm. And you know, we've all heard what he does and what he does on the NS stick. And this happened to be on a stick. And trust me, he may have been playing the NS stick for the last 15 years, but he has not forgotten how to play uh, a 12-string or a 10-string Chapman stick. So anyway, yeah. that was just this fun story that happened at one of my earliest seminars. Don is uh, truly one of the most... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's an advocate of the instrument, but he's also an advocate of just like being a good musician. And, you know, you look at the studio work that he does. I mean, people call on him to make commercials. People call on him to lay down bass lines, you know, to arrange strings. I mean, he is, you know, Chapman Stick is just one of many things that he does. But it is something that he's passionate about. And very early on, um, he and Emmett were very close. And uh, I think that when Don kind of took and ran with the NS, you know, Emmett could not have been more delighted to, to have, you know, a, a spokesperson such as someone like Don, to kind of provide the the platform for it. And I'm really surprised to see how, you know, the, the NS, why is it isn't more well-received by bassists, but I'm starting to see more NS players out there that are bassists that are thinking, oh, 
I can get with this this tuning. It's you know it's straight forth, um, and it's still stick like, you know it's still a Chapman stick. Anyways, I digress because I have my own NS journey that I'm on right now, mm. which is really fun. <laughs> Rod, do not get an NS. Do not get an NS. Don't. Well, actually, since we're talking about Dan Shift, I have this. It's, it happened at the same time. I had I went to the the Mallorca seminar, so uh, I recorded at that time. I was. The first song I learned was the Private in C. Then I re-recorded it with a with a singer playing uh, singing the Ave Maria of Gounod on top of it because the melody was composed by Gounod after, but to be played uh, singed on top of the the prelude. So I tried. I did a second video with this singer. So this is like four or five months in, and then I receive a, a message on Facebook from this guy called Don Shift, and saying, mm -hmm. "Well, I liked what you did." Uh, if you want to, I can make a, a track playing the NS tick, so you can you can fit it on top of your recording. So there's this guy on the other side of uh, the Atlantic, who's a, a master musician, saying, "Well, I'll, I'll record a track for you free of charge, and I will send it to you just so you can, you know, stack it on top of the other two and oh, wow. have a." a that's How have just I not to show seen you. this? How yeah. have I not seen this? <laughs> well, I, I never actually because it was already released the video, so I didn't uh. publish the the version with a with Don stick on top of it. But you see, this is just to see to show you how or to emphasize how much the stick community is helpful. Another mm. thing you can see is most of us we have our own kind of music we like, and you, you can see people hearing and commenting and supporting genres that they don't actually like or they, it's not their favorite kind of music but since it's all in the community we all spend our time listening to and learning from so it, this is very very positive very positive attitude towards music yeah that is a great thing it's unique if you look at the communities of instruments right so like guitarists or bassists or drummers or keyboardists it's like you're not going to get that kind of camaraderie like relative to the creation of the instrument and where we are just like in terms of technology as a species. Like the Chapman stick came along from the 60s, like found its, was, was basically like created and pushed out into the world into the 70s. And in the 80s, it was kind of discovered. And, you know, ever since then, the, the community has been growing, but the the people who have kind of taken to it and picked it up now, it's this, it's really kind of this playful and kind of fun loving crowd. And there's a couple outliers, you know, there always is, but they were like, you know, they were already kind of messed up before they got here. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it, it's for like some musicians, you know, in particular, it's like giving them, it's just like giving a kid a lollipop. They're just like, Oh, like they're quiet and they're happy now. And there's a big smile on their face. And so it's just like, the Chapman stick for a multi-instrumentalist or someone that likes to explore music, especially a stringed instrument, it's, it's like this delicious lollipop. <laughs> this lollipop. Well, I've got, I've got another one that was just a really cool story. So this was, uh, again, at, at a Vancouver event, although it actually was Stick Camp Canada, and this was one of the events on Gabriola Island. And this gentleman from Argentina, Derseus, he flew up to the seminar. I mean, you know, he's on the other side of the equator, and he flew up to this seminar, and that was just really I heard cool about this to, guy. to know him a I little bit. I heard about well, this guy. Claire was talking about him. Yeah, Claire was talking about him, and I'm going to go ahead and relate a story that uh, that I was in the room for also that Claire reminded me of when she was talking with us uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, anyway, so the Surf Lodge on the island has a Thursday night jam. And it's kind of a blues night, but it's, you know, you come in and you sign up and you can play. And so a group of us went to it and Derseus brought his instrument and uh, also a couple other people that were there for the jam night. Corey went, although he was like me, he didn't bring an instrument. Tommy Stanton uh, down in Southern California yeah. came and then Damon Jackson also came. He didn't bring his stick, though. He brought a saxophone and he played a tune with Tommy and that was kind of cool that to see those two together. Then Tommy, you know, this place is called the Surf Lodge, and so yeah, Tommy gets broke up there up. with his with his stick for a solo, and he goes, yeah. he goes, well, this is a Surf Lodge, so darn it, I'm gonna play Pipeline for you people. Yeah. So he played Tommy Pipeline, get some surf rock going. <laughs> and that guy can play a banjo. I mean, if you've ever heard him play the banjo, he will crush it. Yeah, great musician. 
So then later on in the evening, Dorsaeus' term comes up. And now this is, uh, it's a bar. There's probably 40 or 50 people in it. You know, it's got hard walls. And so it's reverb everywhere. The band is too loud and people are all talking and half the people are listening to the music, half the people are talking. And so it's, you know, it's, you know, the music is kind of there and the crowd is there to socialize. Well, Dorsaeus gets up to play and he, I think he played three songs. And by the time he was into his second song, the place was quiet. Nobody was talking. It went from being a social environment to being basically Dorsaeus' own little private stick concert because he was playing out of this world. And mm. I'm sure some of the people maybe had never seen the instrument before, but this guy flies up from Argentina. He goes into a blues jam night and he silences the place with you know his brand i would assume of of some kind of ethnic argentinian music and then he did this thing also that he did several times during the weekend it's one of those things that i don't think that the non-stickists in the crowd really recognize but those of us that play stick we obviously picked it up right away and that was i think steve adelson calls it the scronk it's where you push push either the first or the 10th or 12th string depending on what instrument you have off the edge of the fret and it makes this sound that is <laughs> Gene's trying to do it in front of a microphone it's, it's not really not, working plug out. it in <laughs> but anyway Dorsaeus is doing this intentionally as part of the song and uh, and so all the stick players are like huh did he yeah. do that is he allowed that, to do that because yeah. it worked I'm... really well <laughs> clever it's a clever man that, that's what I hear well, actually, you can do that on a railboard and and choose the note you wanted you wanted to sound. So uh, it has a sequence of of notes when you drive the the higher melody string off the the railboard. So it goes a fifth, then a third, then the octave. It's like the the harmonic. So you can choose which major third that is. So you can choose the note you wanted to go to on the railboard, not on the on the twelve string. It won't do that, but on a railboard you can actually choose which note it'll sound after you you drive it off the the fretboard it's it's that oh, that's too much man <laughs> uh so anyway yeah so you know it could have been a newspaper headline argentinian music silences blues crowd you know another great argentinian player is and I, I think he's argentinian is is guillermo Cetus, yeah yeah, Guillermo. Guillermo is, is from Argentina. He, he lives in Spain for has has been there for a very long time. Actually, he's the guy that organizes uh, the European stick camps that came up with all this idea of a, seminar, a Chapman stick seminar. And apart from being a superb musician and a producer and a bunch of things related to to music, he's I think he's been playing the Chapman stick for like I don't know twenty thirty years. Yeah, he's one of the really first. Oh ones. wow. And um, at least 30 uh, years, yeah, yeah, he was an, a, definitely an early adopter. And I, I know that Bruno Ricard was pretty instrumental in those the, more recently in those events, right? Yeah, so Guillermo is the, the father, let's say, of, of the stick camps in Europe. Bruno is has been he organized the, the stick camp in France two years ago. We were supposed to have a new one this year, nobody really knows what's going to happen. Um, so those two cats are the guys that are organizing things over here. I think Bruno, the ones Bruno organizes, also has uh, Guillermo's help. The thing with with Guillermo is that he, he drove a lot of musicians back in the day in Argentina towards the stick, so he's a big advocate of the instrument. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to listen to him and to hang with, the, with both of them uh, really? in, in Mallorca. But, I mean, we had guys that, like Jim Meyer was there, uh Landreau, who I just talked to he was there. Boris Bazurov, the, the, the Russian guy. Boris was, was there. there. Oh yeah. yeah. Is something any everyone will have to see at least once in their life because it is remarkable what he does with the I mean he has ten fingers, so the ten fingers are on are on the fretboard. He has this huge belly, so the stick kind of it's in a uh like a position, it's half, you know, it's like like lying down. The stick is almost in an horizontal position because it's leaning against his belly. So he just plays the hell of, out of the instrument. He does things like you're in so many things so fast that you, you don't even have time to think, is that even allowed to do? Because you just like, the moment you start thinking that, then he does something else, then another. So it's incredible what he does with the instrument. It's truly an artist. Like I, I, I've, I've, far, I've followed Boris and he plays a number of different instruments and he's a singer. 
And uh, he doesn't sit quietly, you know. I mean, like he is making this creative and artistic music, and the Chapman stick is just one of many things that he does. And it's so amazing to see how he incorporates it in with the harp, and with with MIDI, and with other musicians and drummers and instrumentalists. And so it's great that the Chapman stick has kind of found its way into this creative man's hands it wasn't before a seminar but certainly it was before um one of these nam stick nights when i was talking to um lynn roger lynn and i may have mentioned this in in passing with you guys before but i was saying how wonderful it was how the lindrum had crossed over so nicely into the hands of chapman stick players because of just the arrangement of the keys and the fourths and the fifths and how you can program this thing and he was saying yeah it's it is interesting to see how that works. He says, you know what I really think it is, though, Gene? I think it's the willingness and the openness of a Chapman stick player to allow themselves the opportunity to, to learn like something on the, on the, on the Lindrum. It's, it has, even before you pick up the instrument, before you think about music, it's the openness to new things. And without that, you probably wouldn't be a stick player. You wouldn't be playing a type of instrument like this. You'd be content playing the drums. You're like, I'm a drummer, you know, whatever, show up with practice, you know, load the kit in, load the kit out. Or I'm a sax player. People call me, you know, I go down, I choose the bands that I want, I tell them the keys I want to play in. You know, like, it's not like that, though. With Chapman Sick, it's like, I have to have a special amp. I need a special cable. I only can play with this type of lighting. I need to have this type of pedal, this type of version software on top of it. And it's like so <laughs> specialized. It's like, like, can we do this in G? Like stick player would just be like, no, no, we can ever do it in G. No, I only, I play this in C, right? Like this is, this is how it's played. And um, I remember working, like recently working with a singer, my girlfriend, and she's like, it's too high. And I'm like, we'll sing it high. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying to explain the idea of like an inversion to her. And she's like, no. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, you know, so I had to play this song that was in like D, normally in A, and it was a great challenge for me, but I, I, I had to think back to what Roger said. And it's like, A, openness to new things, Gene, you got to play it in A. And uh, anyways, <laughs> that, that, was, that was like a, a story that I remember that, that just really endeared me to Roger Lynn, who is super talented and also really friendly. And uh, I still want the opportunity to play with the Lindrum. Maybe we can uh, bring on some Lindrum players in one of our future episodes. I know Jeremy Kubert does that. It's crossed over pretty nicely. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, while we're talking about players from Europe, another couple of people that traveled to one of Jim Meyer's events were uh, Jackie and Annika. And uh, they came from France a couple of years ago. I have a story about him. Well, let me tell mine first. It's not really a story, okay. but they come here and it was such a nice addition to the crowd because they're this jazz duo. And Annika is this lovely woman with a lovely voice and very talented. And then, you know, she also is very interesting to talk with. She's very bubbly and she's got this wonderful personality. And Jackie's got an awesome personality too, but he's more quiet and laid back and cool as a cucumber kind of a guy. But uh, So cool. That guy is so cool. What a great player too. I mean, you know, uh, occasionally Annika will play something for percussion, uh, but usually mm. she's singing with that lovely voice and they're singing originals uh, that they've written for the most part. And uh, and Jackie sometimes he just cuts it loose, and uh, he was so so fun to watch. And then on top of that, that guy has the blingiest Chapman stick I have ever seen. He's got it decorated with uh, you know it shines and it's got all this cool stuff on it too, um, which was you know another thing that kind of sets them off. You cut out for a sec there, Vic. What was it? Was it something on the fretboard that he had that was kind of bling like? Yeah. Yeah, it's on it's on the fretboard and on the headstock. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. So you know, there's there's guys out there that will do custom work on a Chapman stick, and actually, if you're really into it, you can have Stick Enterprises um, before they put the rails in. They can send it off to be customized. So I've long wanted to do this to commission an instrument where. You get the instrument to the person that's going to do like, like, let's say the inlays, like abalone or mother of pearl or whatever it is, and then they'll do their thing with the stick, then bring it back to Stick Enterprises, have them drill all the holes and work around it. And one of the guys that did that was Mike Kalwitz, 
and it's a beautiful like bird of paradise configuration. He spent a lot of time in Hawaii, so let's see if uh, I think that, that Steve Adelson has one like that also with the plants, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a custom job with them. Um, the yeah, but I think that was done after the. I think it was done after the the inlays were done after, or maybe he did do it. Yeah, I think it might have been like uh, prior to the the rails being or the rods being put onto the instrument. So I didn't know you could do that, Steve. I had no idea that you could have them do the art or do some artistic things to it before the the rails go in. So I'm looking at a picture of Jackie's right now, and it's on the headstock and um, just below the X fret. You know, a nice leaf pattern. Yeah, and, I saw that. And then you know it's going down and stuff, uh, but it's it's shiny. And uh, mm-hmm. so it reflects light sometimes. And uh, anyhow, I don't know. That was just something that kind of I thought was kind of cool about his instrument. My precious. <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> Sorry. You said, you said shiny. I couldn't resist. And I want it. <laughs> so here's, I just couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah. Everyone feels that way about their instrument. You know, here's a funny thing. Um, well, let me tell my story about Jackie. But then I'll, t- I'll tell a fun story about one of my favorite parts of, of, of any event, um, and not just the Freehands Academy events. But um, my story about Jackie was, um, as the stickers were arriving, I think he came in about halfway through the first day. And, uh, you know, we do our introduction and I'm like, oh, you're Jackie. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, yeah. And, and I introduce him and he says, you know, he takes my hand. He says, hello. And, uh, and, uh, and, and you were talking. And then at some point he realizes he's like, oh, you're Gene. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Gene. And he's like, oh, Gene. And then he gives me this big hug and he's like, oh, he's like, I'm so glad to be here. And thanks you for your emails. Cause he, he's like, but you knew who I was. And I'm like, you're Jackie, bro. Like Jackie, everyone knows Jackie, you know? And, and, uh, he played so beautifully and I'm not quite sure how to put it, but it's like the way that he played can only have been delivered by a Frenchman. And I don't, I mean, I don't, it's like, it's a regional thing or what it is, but it's just something, the way it was so poetic and it was played in such a way that where I was like, I, you know, you, you're watching somebody play and you're like, I, I didn't know you could do that. It's the same thing with this guy that was down from Argentina that was scronking and making it melodic. You're just like, I didn't even know you could do that. And, and, and uh, watching yeah. Jackie play, I mean, watching Jackie play, it really affected me because I was like, oh, you can have this, you can, you can just sit and wait and hold a note and think about it. And I suppose Boris does that a lot. You know, he's a little more like intense and it's more intentional because it's this art piece um, whereas with Jackie, it's this like this poem, this beautiful poem that he's reading to a lover, and he kind of changed. I don't know. He just kind of rolled in there, and like everyone, everyone just kind of eased back. You know, it was like so nice. Let me tell one more, and then I'll give somebody else a turn here. But one that I, one <laughs> one that we we always reserved a night. I think it was the the second night. No, it was the first night. The first night what we did was is we brought in all the instruments and all these amps, and um, Kevin Keith helped us a lot with that. But we had a bunch of different rigs. So we had like a bass rig with a guitar amp. We had like a, like a powered speaker rig, and then we had another one with just like a single amp or something like that. But all the, the stick players could play through these various different rigs and see how it sounded. And um, it was so much fun to play all these different instruments, to play, you know, like somebody had polycarp, somebody had graphite, somebody had, you know, the SG-12, you know, and, and for me, you know, you get so used to your instrument and um, it was kind of like the, it was like a dog park, you know, the dogs kind of go around and they kind of smell each other, right? And then they chase each other around for a while and then they, you know, kind of, it, <laughs> it was just like this Chapman stick dog park, you know, we were just kind of checking each other out. That's not the part you, you want people to know. <laughs> Yeah, we go to Chapman Stick seminars and we smell each other. Gene, you are the king of you, Chapman you know, Stick analogies. Tell me I'm wrong, though, right? It's like the dog park. I mean, everyone wants to like see what what is that? Oh, that's an alto. You're like, can I touch it? You know, like I want to feel the weight. You know, like just want to see it. You know, and, and uh, anyways, that's just me. Yeah, but people are really, really positive on that because I remember wanting to to try every everyone's instrument, and people are just trading instruments you know yeah. sure try mine i'll try yours so it's it's a very positive thing with the the whole in the whole community i remember the first time when i was in mallorca uh, i met boaz for the second time because the first uh. time i met him was like uh 
I don't know, about a couple of weeks before, after I found out about the Chapman stick, and I started talking to you and I found out about stick list. So I put on uh, a message there and said, well, I'm going to be playing in France later this month and, and in Israel and in these places. Is there anybody that is willing to come and show me, let me try the instrument just to see if I want to buy one? And there's this guy in Israel saying, sure, I'll, I'll come and meet you. So when I'm there... That guy, that guy, yeah, what a cool, yeah. He's so cool and so yeah. and such a friendly guy. He drove, I don't know, about half uh, half an hour, an hour from his home to my hotel to show me the stick, you know, so I mm. could touch it and feel it. And then he just drove back home. So this guy that I that didn't know me from anywhere else just was willing to do that. And when I got there, he did it. So eventually, when I met him at, at uh, in Mallorca for the second time, we shared the the same room because there's well, there was already oh, this connection. Perfect! So that's, wow, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the thing with the community. It's very supportive because that happens. I, I think for most people, the first time we play in public with our Chapman sticks, it's in seminars, right? So it was the first time I, I was playing with two amps. Like um, I was playing with Guillermo's rig, so I had a bass amp on one side, a guitar amp on the other side, and I thought I'm gonna play this one song I know, which is the Bach Prelude, and I started playing, and it was so loud, the riff was so loud, <laughs> and it was, I wasn't <laughs> expecting this bass on one side, on the left side, melody side, on. so it, the whole thing just messed my brain, and I, mm -hmm. I couldn't start, I stopped, and I started, and I stopped, and I couldn't even figure out if the, the notes were right, so stress is building up, building up, building up, so eventually after, I don't know, 10 minutes of intense pain and suffering, on my behalf and I suppose everyone else's, I just get off the stage, you know? Oh. And there's this huge guy waiting for me with a beer in his hand, Jim Meyer, and he says, I got your beer, man. And it, it felt like <laughs> I'm home, you know, because it, nobody Oof. was there to judge me, you know? Thank everybody, you, everybody Jim was, Meyer. Yeah, everybody was super supportive. Yeah. Uh, there was Jim Meyer, there was Jan Dan Chapman. There was this guy, Andre Mueller, a uh, Swiss guy living in, in Austria that did the... Um, that Bach, um, what do you call it? The, the He's good. variations yeah. in the with mm -hmm. stick. He's amazing. It's a bunch of people from Italy, also a bunch of musicians, uh, good musicians, Atreo and Nicola. So Atreo, uh, yeah. there was you were talking about guys coming from far. Uh, Bruce Jack, the captain, yeah, the captain came all the way from Australia. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 the only place where you where you get to meet amazing people from all corners of the world. You know, that Mallorca event, you know, I, I feel like that Mallorca event was a real springboard for you where you were like, oh, okay, this is what it looks like. Now, like I, I've seen some other people play and I know what it feels like. And, you know, and same, something that I noticed with, uh, with Bruce was that he started playing out a lot. And he started documenting it, and he had like these, you know, um, t you know, what is it, tales from the sea, or you know, stories from sea, and he'd post them up on the stickest. But he kept everyone yeah. abreast of what he was doing. And just recently, he posted something where he has, you know, three of his instruments up there and his little pedal board, and he's playing out in these areas with people that are out by the beach. And he was saying how his wife is like. Oh yeah, you're out there playing in front of all those girls with bikinis on. Of course you like that gig, you know. And he's like, "Don't hate the player, you know." Just I'm, I'm like, I'm doing my thing, I'm living the dream. And I really feel like that Mallorca event was special in so many ways because I feel like, certainly for him, I just noticed that like all of a sudden, just like lots of videos, Facebook videos, YouTube videos, new songs. Now he's singing and playing, and so that's kind of the the power of one of those events. I think is that. The, the power of one of those events, it, will just, it just enables people and it gives them kind of a... It it's gives, like an energy boost, you know? You, you, once, when you get out of there, you get enough energy to last you for a year, you know? Yeah. Pushing yourself with the instrument and... Yeah, until and, the next event. Until the yeah. next event, yes. <laughs> so yeah. at, uh, this isn't really about any particular player, but uh, last summer at Stick Camp Canada, this was on Gabriola Island, so for the last couple of years, the event has been held at this, it's not a resort per se, but it's a seminar location where you can rent rooms and they have a cafeteria and they have a, a nice outdoor area where you can relax and do stuff. And they have various events there. And so we were all there. And there was another event going on at the same time. And so there were some families that were staying there. And one of these families had this little kid 
and you'll remember this, Rodrigo, you were yeah. there. This little kid, he must have been four years old, and he was always carrying around this little this little guitar. I'm not sure if it was a ukulele. I thought it wasn't a ukulele, but it was about the size of one. And he would carry this little acoustic guitar around and strum it all over the place. And he and he found out he was in uh, in this location with a whole bunch of musicians. And so he's going around telling everybody that will listen, yeah, this is my guitar. I've got a bigger one at home. And someday I'm going to get a Fender Stratocaster. And, you know, he pronounced it well. You could tell he'd been working on it. Well, He'd be walking around strumming this little guitar, you know, just strumming the strings. He's not playing a chord or anything. Well, there were times when we would be outside with an amplifier and we'd all be playing on the back lawn out in front of the ocean. And he would come up to us while we're playing and be strumming that guitar. And it was like, it was kind of like training, you know, try to keep playing while this kid comes up. And he's getting right, you know, he's he's right in front of your knees. He's yeah. strumming his little guitar, rocking out to you. And he got me. <laughs> One time I'm I'm out there and I'm playing, everybody wants to rule the world. And it's, oh, you know, yeah. it's got a nice little, it's got a nice little groove, a bomb, a bomb, a bomb. You know, it's a dancer and and I'm up there playing and I'm kind of boogieing a little bit. And and I didn't know he was in the area. And he comes up and now I see him next to me. And I'm in the most difficult part of the song. And I'm already struggling a little bit, but I'm doing okay. And then he just comes up and he starts rocking out right next to me and i saw he was there and <laughs> he got me just lose <laughs> I, had it, yeah. to, I got to the point where Kid. i just had to stop but I, and at the time i was just at the time i was like oh come on mom yeah <laughs> keep yeah, your kid exactly. away but now Ask i look him. back and it was just this funny thing i'm not the only one he got there we go that's uh just that, that was kind of a funny thing that happened at the last seminar one thing you have to say about that kid is that w w i was talking with uh, with rob gellner there as we were watching you guys struggling with with the kid at your feet you know <laughs> and we were saying because you have to take this into consideration which it's uh, a young boy i don't know four years old maybe so he has a very long black hair and very big blue eyes you know <laughs> so we look at the kid and you know this kid in 10 15 20 years will be a will have the looks of a superstar, you know? So yeah. can you imagine if this guy in 20 years <laughs> is the guy that puts the Chapman stick on the whole, oh, on, yeah. on all of the, the, the tops mm -hmm. and oh, everywhere yeah. in the world, you know, because he has the looks, he has, <laughs> he likes the instrument. You can see that. So we were always making fun saying, you should let the, the kid be around you guys because he's going to be the one that's going to bring, put foot on all, all of our tables. Oh, it's so distracting <laughs> though. You know that's that's a oh, that's a, yeah. a good Adrian. I, I think it was the name of the kid. It, it was like, were people like was his mom chasing him around at all, or was the mom like having a glass of wine? No, she was cool. She was trying to to have him under control, but actually, it was him and the younger brother. I think right, two kids, right, Victor? Yeah, I think his younger brother was just barely walking. Yeah, and so. you know he would crawl up on the stage. He, he did that to Jim, <laughs> the, the little baby. He crawls across the grass. He about probably fifty feet to get to the little platform Jim's playing on. And then he pulls himself up, the platform's like maybe two feet up off the ground, and he pulls himself up on it and he starts, he starts banging on oh, it while Jim's playing. On, it was kind of fun. And yeah, I don't think that there was anything. It was, it was just, it was a cute kid is what is the way we mostly saw it. Mm. Uh, and uh, so that was kind of funny. The kid crawls over to Jim, stands up and starts, starts banging <laughs> on the stage. That was <laughs> a classic way, you know, you, you ask somebody, um, when they're moving on your on your gig, you know, you say, "Hey, are you in show business?" And they say, "No." And then you say, "Well, then get off my stage." It's like one of those old kind of <laughs> WC feels like, "Kid, get out of here! You bother me, you know. Go, you know, you bother me, kid." I think we're we're running out of time, but let me just tell you this story. It doesn't it's not uh, in a stick event, but once I was playing this Christmas show, you know, and usually I play with my eyes closed, and I want I was alone on a very big stage, and I was playing with my eyes closed, and suddenly I opened my eyes in the middle in the middle of a beautiful ballad. And there was this little girl, around the same age, three, four years old, just like, I don't know, half a meter away from, from my face. And it just scared living daylights out of me because you open your eyes and there's a face there, you know? Yeah. And it was like the biggest scary moment I had in my entire musical life. But yeah, and I'm sure people enjoyed, they got a kick out of it, right? Yeah, everyone It's had, so cute! <laughs> I think I screamed or something. You know, because <laughs> it was terrible. Anyway, I think that's a, that's one of the things that seminars give you too. Also, is the the experience. Once you live through, once you survive through a, one of these experiences, then you're good to go for the next one because that one will will provide a very good lesson for you. So what not to do? Experience is yeah. invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you know, and y'all, you make friends as well. Yeah, you so do. Like, for instance, uh, <laughs> you know, Corey, y'all, y- y'all probably know Corey because Corey goes Corey. to every seminar he can. I've never been to a seminar yeah. that Corey wasn't there. And he's fun to be around because he's kind of trying to corner the market on used graphite sticks. And so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of give him a lot of crap about that. But uh, he's, a, he, he's a fun guy and he's always there and he's always encouraging. And I interrupted Eugene. Oh, uh, no, I actually, I didn't tell you guys, but right before we started the podcast, I saw that my graphite sold. So I'm oh, down did from- Corey buy it? I, no, no, actually, Corey did not buy. I should. I feel bad now, now that we're talking. I'm like, oh, you call Corey. I hope we'll understand, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, Black Black Beauty sold. Uh, I was I was I built. I gave it a name and everything. I'm like Black Beauty sold. So um, yeah, someone's gonna have an awesome. So how many sticks do you have now? Can I'm down to three actually. So and I'm, I'm much more comfortable with three. And I, you know, I, I I thought about selling my my Paduke 10 string because I'm, I'm moving to the 12 string, but I was like, no, I'm never going to sell that 12 string or that 10 string. They're going to bury me with it. And so anyways, yeah. So that's, that's maybe, that's maybe another, a good jumping off point for our next episode, which is 10 versus 12. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we're going to probably get ready to wrap this one up right now. It's been a little while and we don't want it to be quite too long. So Thanks for listening, everybody. And again, you know, if you've got comments and thoughts, you know, send them to us. You know, maybe you've got a cool seminar story that you would like to share. And great crash and burn story. We love a good crash and burn story. I'm the king of those. (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) So, uh, something to know those of you that send us feedback and stories and other cool things. We're not going to really be able to know about them until we've recorded episode number five. So uh, just so you know that when we record episode number four, if you don't hear anything about any emails or things that people have sent, it's because quite literally we haven't gotten them because you're not going to hear this plea for emails until after we've recorded episode four, the way the scheduling is now. So, So having said all that, thanks for listening. And we hope that sometime soon you'll be able to pick up your instrument and play for a while. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. welcome your comments. You can contact us by email at tapintimepodcast at gmail.com.